0: This is a special episode, especially for people like me who have a lot of grey hair. In today's episode, we are going to talk about longevity. Is longevity only about looking good well into your 80s and 90s? Is that even possible? Or is there more to the science of keeping fit and staying healthy well into our silver years? We'll be discussing this and more with JC in today's episode of the fitter podcast season three. How old do I look? Honestly, man, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, jokes aside, I'm just 44. Right. Right. Uh, don't mind the grey hair. But a lot of people, guys, girls, men, women out there, uh, would want your opinion, your feedback, let's say your advice on how they can stay fit well into their 60s, 70s, and beyond. Because trust me, my generation—we've seen our grandparents grow old. You know, we've seen our grandparents grow old. We don't want that, and we want you to make sure that doesn't happen to us. Are you up for the challenge? Sure, as long as
1: people are willing to listen, Um, we're all ears. First of all, we have to understand that it's entirely possible. Hmm. You know, we have enough data, we have enough science, we have enough examples of how people can actually not only live longer, but they can, they can prolong their life. You know, it's not very uncommon people to live beyond 100 years either. Um, in Japan, mm. a lot of people easily
0: extend beyond 100 years. Yeah, yeah. That's a, there's yes. an island, I think, where I think a yes. lot of uh, yes. the oldest people the,
1: live. Yes. So average age on that island is like 100 plus years, mm. right? So I'm saying it's entirely possible, but before that, we have to understand what are some of the factors that constitute aging or let's just say, what are some of the things that prevent us from living that longer? Okay. When we talk about longevity, we are talking about longevity of our individual organs, Mm -hmm. because what exactly are we like our bodies are basically cells, tissues, organs, Right. right? So if the cells are getting old, the tissues are getting old, the organs are getting old. In a sense, we are getting old, right? Right, which means that the signs of aging aren't just restricted to one thing. If the cells are getting older and the cells are getting weaker, you will see signs of aging everywhere in your body. So, weak muscles, weak bones, a weak uh, you know teeth, nail, hair, everything, everything can be a sign of aging. Correct. Okay. So, how do we de-accelerate this aging process. We have to look at it from a cellular level. How can we prolong the lifespan of a cell? But before we understand how do we prolong the lifespan of a cell, let's understand what exactly a cell is. A mm. cell is basically a living organism inside your body you know that that has some nutrition demands. It needs oxygen, it needs nutrition and when we specifically talk about nutrition, some amount of glucose which is a fuel that it needs for energy And largely amino acids, because amino acids are basically the structuring structure, the building block. Right. right? So think of a cell as as a brick in the wall, you know, and when the brick gets older, the wall experiences a certain amount of wear and tear, and then this brick needs to be replaced, Mm. or you know, like somebody needs to go and repair that particular brick, and then the wall is as good as new. Right. And that brick can be replaced by another brick which means that cells can only be repaired or replaced by either newer cells or they have to replace which means that some of the older structures need to be uh, replaced by newer structures and when we talk about structure we are specifically referring to amino acids Mm. the proteins. Mm. right? So cells need protein cells need oxygen efficiently if they are getting these two things the cells will not age in an accelerated manner. Now
0: it seems very simple,
1: because this is exactly what our heart is designed to do, right? It pumps blood day in, day out, and it provides nutrition and oxygen to our cells. So people would say, hey, it's already happening in my body, you know, what more can I do? Mm. The thing is, the process does not remain efficient as we grow older, mm. because our vessels become more tighter, which restricts the blood flow. And it also makes it difficult for our lungs to extract oxygen from the air we breathe, you know, because people are probably smoking or they are not exercising enough. Mm. So as we keep getting older and older, the work capacity of our organs also diminish if we are not keeping their health in check. And as a result of which, this overall efficiency of nutrient delivery Mm. to each and every cell in the body diminishes as a result of which the cells start getting old in an accelerated manner. So how do we keep this system efficient or improve the efficiency, we have to take care of your heart, you have to take care of your lungs, your kidney, liver, your liver, right? And of course, your brain, mm. right? So and each of these required a different kind of, I would say, not a different kind of regime, but at least a different kind of understanding. Mm. You know, and the basic thing that you can do is avoid doing something that's hurting them in the first place. What are some of the things that can hurt? Smoking can destroy your lungs smoking also destroys your heart. heart alcohol is absolutely detrimental to your liver and kidney mm. you know not exercising is absolutely bad for your skin for your bones your joints your, for muscles, your joints and muscles. muscles yeah right not drinking enough amount of water affects overall your body because your body is like 60 70% water right then not sleeping enough mm. you know so i'm saying there are basic things mm. which if you Keep in mind, that they will prevent wear and tear of these organs, these cells, and these tissues. Mm. So this will help you live a normal life. If you want to prolong life, which means how do you make this process efficient, then that's a
0: different discussion altogether. Right, which we will come to. Which we will come to. F- pretty sure as that. well. Now I know a lot of people are listening to this episode and saying, "JC, great, you told us stop smoking, stop drinking, and all that. We'll start doing that from today." What about the years of damage that we've done to our bodies before this? Is that something that we'll always have to live with? Is that reversible? Is there anything that we can do at this stage to make sure that the rest of it doesn't impact the rest of our lives as much? Some of it is reversible. Mm. Some of it is not. What is reversible? What is not reversible?
1: Let's say if your lungs are damaged by 80%, Mm. they will never get better by 100%. Mm. They'll probably get better by let's say, sure, they'll come back to let's say 60-70% capacity but never 100%. That's something you have to live with. Something you have to live with and that's good enough. Sure. You're not going to live 120 years. If you continue to your lifestyle, you'd probably live for 60 years. Mm. But if you modify or improve your lifestyle, so you can even live for 80, 90 years.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So it's entirely possible. Right. So I'm saying something is better than nothing. And it works everywhere. It works in your finances, works in your. Um, you know, your your social well-being, it works in your mental well-being. Something is always better than nothing. Mm-hmm. So don't think, hey, I'm not going to live for 100 years because the damage is already done. Right. No, if you take the action today, you can still add more meaningful 20-30 years to your life.
0: That's the amount of recovery that's possible. Or even if let's say you don't add years to your life, the years that you have left, you will be left, healthier, you will be, healthier, be, better, will be you know, healthier, much more qualitative. Right, right. So, you know, I know people love lists and I know people are probably sitting with a pen and paper waiting for you to give them tips. Okay, here are the five things you need to do to stay young yeah. till your 80s or 90s. Let's talk nutrition. Sure. You spoke about the importance of amino acids. So obviously protein is protein something is that extremely needs important. to be important. Yes. One myth I hear and I've seen that with my own dad is I've hit 16. Now I don't need to eat so much protein because I don't have any activity. Is that true or is that... No. Do your protein requirements actually diminish with age?
1: No, not true. Actually, your protein requirements increase with age. Why is that? Because as a kid, you know, your body is in a a growth phase, Mm. which means that whether you eat sufficient amount of food or not, it will affect, obviously, it will affect your growth and everything. But your body is going to grow nonetheless till you hit maturity, Mm. right? Uh, And also because your body is, you know, it's, it's just producing new cells. But mm-hmm. after that, you attain a certain age. So we talk about the cellular turnover often, right? Where we have number of cells producing at any given time, the number of cells which are in repair and the number of cells which are dying. yeah, so towards the start of your life, you have more cells producing, less cells dying. And then you hit the curve It kind of flips on its head yeah, anyway. the, yeah, you then then you kind of hit the curve. So if it's, it goes like this, then it starts coming like this, right? so if you if you create a ratio of number of cells, being created versus the number of cells dying. So you kind of hit a bell. Is there a certain
0: age at which this happens?
1: I think if you are an athlete, it will probably happen in your late 30s. If you're not an athlete, then probably once you have reached your maturity, like 25,
0: 28, after that, you start. You actually saying that from the age of 25, there is a decline. I mean, more cells dying than more cells being created. If you're sedentary.
1: If you're sedentary. If you're you're an athlete, add 10 more years. Hmm if you're an athlete then then you you keep growing you, you like you know like because that just the, the body creates demands for more cells mm-hmm. so a lot of people um if if they are sedentary they will not have that added advantage mm-hmm. right so they will immediately start on the other side of the cellular turnover where the number of cells which are dying um they gradually start getting more mm-hmm. and so there comes a time and this this usually happens in the late where it completely starts kind of you know going parallel to um, the x-axis right which is when the number of cells which are dying yeah. is just way too much
0: compared to the number of cells which are growing so because you have more cells dying yes. there is a greater need to make sure that the cells yes. you have left are being repaired faster. yes
1: yes exactly right. precisely that's, that's, where yes, that's where protein yeah.
0: comes in yes that's where protein comes in right so it's not just about protein there's got to be physical activity along there it. has to
1: be physical activity mm. but even if there's no physical activity i've told before that mm. protein is not just needed for muscles right this myth needs to die mm. that you need protein only if you want to build muscles no you need protein for your hair you need protein for your organs you need protein for your skin nails everything in our body is made out of proteins right 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 everything is made out of protein so people have this weird notion that, hey, if I'm building muscles, I need protein. No, even for your hair, your nails, your skin, everything. Oh, is connective tissue, especially connective as you a growing issue. Your bones, of, mm. your joints, everything is made out of proteins. Mm, mm. And I mean, collagen itself is protein, right? right. Collagen right. is like one of the most abundant proteins in the body. It makes up your skin, mm. makes up your um, organs, makes up your connective tissues, mm. right? Collagen is a protein and collagen is made up from the same amino acids. You know, we we take these amino acids um, from your food. You know, people are, people have no problem in taking collagen without realizing that collagen itself is a protein.
0: Right, right. You want to have that sippy, sippy thing, the yeah. cranberry yeah, yeah. collagen shake. So weird. Yeah. It's just is it, Do you also need more protein because your body's ability to absorb protein goes down? Is, does that happen with age?
1: No. Um, so. Absorption depends on many things, like again, that also boils down to your gut's efficiency. Mm. You know, like I said, organ efficiency. So your ability to digest and absorb protein mm. is going to do- go down as you age, if you are not keeping up uh, with a certain regimen. So that's true, to a certain extent, it goes down. Right, Your body does not absorb as much protein as it would if mm. you were
0: younger. Mm. Mm. Okay, so uh, let's say uh, an older person, uh, 50, 60 plus is on an 1800 calorie per day diet versus let's say a person who is 30, mm. uh, what you know, what would the protein compositions be? What is the ideal protein composition in the 1800 calorie diet for an older person?
1: No, that's not how we determine protein. The protein determination basic processes are you should do a 0.8 to 1 gram per kg of body weight. This is
0: minimum. That's minimum. Okay,
1: that's minimum, minimum, as in like, chahiye hi chahiye. this is ICMR guidelines. Mm-hmm. This is not RDA. Mm-hmm. ICMR, ICMR has a different guideline. Says this is minimum mm-hmm. for, op, for, for basic survival. So whenever right. we say minimum, we are talking about survival, not right. optimal health. Correct. For optimal health, then we have RDA. RDA is roughly 1.2 to 1.6 grams. And if you're an athlete, it goes to 2 grams per kg of body weight. Right. So if you are looking for optimal health, You have to follow that 1.2 to 1.6 or maybe up to two grams per kg of body weight.
0: Even if you are, let's say, 50 plus or 60. If
1: you are athletic, yes, sure. What What if you are
0: not sedentary? If you are sedentary,
1: I think one gram, like I said, 0.8 to one gram is like absolute minimum. Mm.
0: But having more protein is definitely going to be more helpful. Mm -hmm. Now, talking of protein, I don't know protecting your cells or regenerating your cells. A common issue that a lot of older people have is weaker bones. Yeah. What causes weaker bones and what can we do about them? What can we do to prevent weaker bones?
1: So we have to understand that bones are basically um, weight bearing structures. Mm. Which means that bones basically bear the weight of the body. Mm. Uh, The primary intended purpose is to bear the
2: weight.
1: Mm. And if you add more weight, the bones have no other choice, but to become stronger or become more denser. Right? So any sort of resistance training is going to improve your bone mineral density, Okay, especially if you do that towards the early part of your age. Hmm. Hmm. The more later you do it, the more less results you'll get. But for the first half of your life, if you have trained, then your bone density is going to be above average. Hmm. Right, If the bone density is above average, obviously, um, you know, as you get older, your bones are going to degrade at a much lower pace compared to somebody who's never exercised. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying you are already preparing your bones for older age now when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Right? So to improve the weight-bearing capacity of the bones, mm-hmm. you have to do resistance training. The joints are supposed to be mobile. Right. Right? The right. joints are supposed to help with mobility. Mm-hmm. You know? The joints are supposed to help us move. Mm-hmm. How do you make those joints more efficient? by adding resistance mm. when you add resistance the body has no choice but to adapt and make your joints mo- make your connective tissues stronger correct right when the connective tissues are stronger it's hard for them to like perish at a normal pace
0: osteoarthritis or osteoporosis is something that we talk about a lot yes But one thing that doesn't get spoken about maybe is sarcopenia. Yeah. Could you tell us the difference between the two and what causes them and what are the preventive measures? Sarcopenia is wastage of muscles. Hmm. When
1: we talk about osteoporosis or osteoarthritis, it's basically inflammation in your um, joints, inflammation of your bones and your bones degrade over a period of time. Okay. So I have osteoarthritis, for example, it affects all joints in my muscles and it's a Autoimmune condition, right? So, which means that it won't go away. It will progressively get worse. So, what happens is that your bones start degrading mm. over a period of time. And as you get older and older, your bones start losing its um, the bone
0: mineral density. Yeah, they actually become softer and Becomes, more porous.
1: Yeah. Yes, more porous. Right, that's the name osteoporosis. Right, so they become more porous. And the only way to prevent that is to make the bones more stronger, more denser mm. by working out or you know, like progressive overload adding resistance training, mm. Mm. so that's the only way to fix that. Sarcopenia is basically wastage of muscle, so once you are in your late 30s, mm. you lose about 10% of your muscles every 10 years or so. Really? Yes, roughly, like mm. I don't know the exact uh, thing, but roughly 10% of your muscles every every decade you lose, All Right, which means that by the time you go into your 70s, you've lost 50% of all the muscles, yeah. Right. whether you work out or not work out.
0: Mm. Right. But if... Which you, is why you see a lot of older people have shrunk. They shrink,
1: right? They shrink. And so what happens is the and muscles basically take a lot of load off of your bones. Mm. So this also kind of puts direct load on your bones because muscles are, think of muscles as Uh, as basically they they take away a lot of load from your bones. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. while bones are weight bearing structures, but if they are not surrounded by muscles, the weight bearing capacity will significantly go down. Mm -hmm. The muscles help bones to take up much more loads. And so if the bone was capable of the bone structure along with muscles was capable of lifting x weight, because you're also experiencing sarcopenia year after year after year by default, but not doing anything, the same weight mm. that your body is so able to hold comfortably, will mm. not be able to hold because the muscles are not enough, yes.
0: the muscles are going away. And you know what that means, you're talking knee replacements, you're talking yes. hip replacements hip replacement. and so yes. many other things. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, anything else that you would like to tell people when it comes to exercise? We spoke about resistance training, uh, <laughs> it's strange, but a lot of older people have a lot of resistance to resistance training because They would rather go for morning walks. They would rather go to laughter clubs, yoga and all that. But is there, are you ever too old to start resistance training? No, you're never too
1: old. Everybody, right from your young kids to older people, Hmm. there's no good age to start resistance training. Every age is a good age. Hmm. You can start. See, resistance training is basically what? You are basically lifting something, you know, your own body weight or something against some sort of resistance. Mm. And every time you put up some sort of resistance, your cells which are otherwise dormant, get a reason to get damaged and repaired. Mm. If there's no damage, they're not going to get repaired, they'll just wither away, just like that. Mm. So every time you do resistance training, you are providing a stimulus to your cells. And so the cells which are about to die, they're like, hey, Mm. maybe we have need in the body after all, Mm. let's become stronger. Mm. And this happens at every age. Mm So people need to not worry if they haven't done resistance training. Surprisingly, even if you are like 80 or 90 years old, you can benefit like a beginner. If you're doing resistance training for the first time, a lot of seasoned Mm. uh, experts, let's say if somebody has been training for 20 plus years, if they continue training for another 10 years, they will not get the same benefits. Mm, but mm. if you're new, if you have never done the training, the first two years, you will still get similar kind of
0: benefits. Even at that age? Even at that age.
1: So that's also incredible. That shows that body is, body just wants you to train. Like mm. it's, it's very rewarding mm. and it will reward you immensely. Like mm. even after six months to an year of resistance training, you'll see huge differences between the way you were before and between you are post resistance training, the pain will go away. You'll feel much better. You'll feel a lot younger and like you would have added a
0: lot more quality years to your life. So let's say I'm 50, mm. 50 or 60, and I want to start resistance training. Now, mm. give us a brief, you know, guideline or an outline of a protocol that I can start with right away. Let's assume I have no training experience. No
1: training experience. Start with absolute basics. Start mm. with compound movements that you can do at home. Start with basic movements. Basic Body weight movements. exercise is fine. Body weight exercise is a great way for anybody to start. Mm. Okay, so start with, let's say, knee push ups. Knee push ups are extremely easy, anybody can do. What you're doing is you're improving your shoulder muscles, mm. you're improving your, um, your chest muscles, you're also kind of building your back, you're building your triceps. Okay, knee push ups are good for this. And then you can also do just chair squats. If you're too old, if you can't go, Unassisted squats just do chair squats mm. when you are doing just chair squats you're focusing on your hip joints you're focusing on your knee joints you know focusing on your back so you're developing your entire lower body just by doing um you know your uh, body weight squats mm. Mm. over a period of time as you increase the numbers you know that's that's what it's needed okay you know that's that
0: that works so you start with body weight exercises at home at what point do you say okay fine now I'm ready to hit the gym
1: Look, there's no necessity for everybody to hit the gym.
0: Mm. I'm a huge advocate
1: of training at home, if possible, if you are somebody who's finding it too busy to go to the gym. Mm. But if you are, if you can go to the gym, sure, go ahead, train mm. at the gym. Mm. Um, but you'll get almost similar kind of benefits, even if you're just doing body weight training at home mm. after a certain age, but just increasing the number of reps mm-hmm. without the chances of injury. So there's the trade off. Mm. Mm. If you're younger, the injuries are not a big concern but if I, let's say have 50 plus then injuries are a huge concern. So if you want to let's say derive similar kind of benefits just increase the reps,
0: mm-hmm.
1: work out at home, increase the reps and then there's no chance of injury.
0: And it's better to start with maybe three days a week then gradually yeah. to four, yeah, gradually to then... four
1: and five mm-hmm. depending on how you're feeling mm-hmm. and start doing it to a point where suddenly you get back to getting eight hours
0: of proper sleep.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of people don't get enough sleep and they think I can't sleep. Actually, it's much that- more difficult for older people to fall asleep. I know my dad finds it very difficult to get sleep. He's tossing and turning. Yeah. So it's a cycle. Mm. The amount of activity
1: performed creates a demand on demand for sleep in the body. Mm. The amount of sleep that you get also kind of gets you ready for the next day. So it's a vicious cycle, and you have to break this cycle by keeping your activity levels high. Mm. The day you work hard and you have done lots of running around, you'll automatically feel sleep and your body will create a demand for eight hours. And of you sleep shouldn't give time. yourself
0: that much rest. Yes. Well. yes. yes. Yeah.
1: Because if you're sleeping any less, it simply means that you're aging faster.
0: Mm.
1: For example, I, I, I can comfortably sleep for eight to nine hours every single day, sometimes even 10 hours. Mm. And because my body is creating that amount of, um, you know, it's, it's building up that amount of stress. And so it's creating that demand for me to sleep more.
0: It's, so it's important to listen to your body also.
1: Yeah, like I wear a band, so yeah. <laughs> it tells me how much I need to sleep. Right. And everything. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: We've spoken about nutrition, we've spoken about exercise. Uh, one other thing that people uh, do when they start growing older is they start depending a lot on supplements. Yeah. Shell Cal for instance, you know, calcium supplements, and vitamin yeah. D3 supplements. I don't think there is any person over the age of 50 who doesn't take it. Mm. Similarly, multivitamins, to yeah. hai, and you know, apart from that, you have a lot of these new agey ginseng and ashwagandha that yeah, people yeah, have started doing. Of course. Right. Yeah. So, do they really help an older person? I, I will not ask you the question, will they work if you don't take care of your diet and mm. exercise? I know the answer by mm. now. They all go hand in hand. Mm. But are they really something that might help an older person more than Mithetsi or younger? No,
1: person? not as much as you'd hope for. Mm. They basically create unnecessary dependency. Mm. and. More often, the effect is largely placebo. D3 supplement surely they will work because D3 is an important vitamin. It's also mm. a hormone and mm. helps you with, um, you know, your bone mineral density and everything. Mm. It also helps with your calcium absorption. But see, it's too late. Mm. <laughs> you
2: know,
1: you basically, um, you know, you're you're grasping to straws and yeah. hoping that you know your ears of like really bad lifestyle and you'll just take a pill and everything is going to be fine really putting a bandaid
0: on it doesn't work it doesn't mm -hmm. work Mm -hmm.
1: it doesn't work Mm. so even if you do take supplements which i don't have any problems with Mm. i'm saying don't have high expectations you know and if you see no difference that's perfectly fine Mm. because honestly if you ask me hey is this supplement supplement going to make a difference to my, these, 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 these issues, I'd say oh, maybe 1%, mm, mm. right? So some people might notice that 1% and they'd be like, oh, wow, it's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Some people say, I don't feel anything, which is also perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I would not be very, very um, positive about um, the effects of supplements in older age. Mm. I would rather suggest to focus on the diet mm. and training mm. and exposing yourself to sunlight. Like you see these, the lack of these things, Cause problems in your life, mm. and now you just want to depend on supplement to fix all of this. It's like too much of expectation. You so know, it's also lot of
0: marketing, also you know that you know. Here know, is this a, drink for older women, for yeah, older men. It's marketing. Yeah, because think about Uncle it. Uncle was first people, in pain, and now he's running after the grandkids.
1: Older people don't have any options. Yeah, and they are the most gullible.
0: Mm. Because say hey, you're sixty. You You are certainly aware of your mortality.
1: Yeah, you're you're certainly like, shit, I might not live longer. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I have money, I have my kids who care about me. So I'll have these million supplements and maybe I'll take a pill and I'll feel Mm -hmm. better. Mm. Never happens.
0: Mm. Talking of pills, you know, I have to speak about sexual health as people grow older. Mm. Because, you know, why not? That is part of life. It is something that you want to enjoy well into your Mm. twilight years. What are some things that you know people can start doing right now to ensure that they remain sexually active? Not sexually active, but what is the word? Uh, sexually healthy. Yeah. They have good sexual health even into their older years. Same thing.
1: Mm. Basically, sexual inactivity mm. is basically a sign of aging, right? So it all ties back in. Mm. Understand one thing, you know. When you are healthy, your body is primed for reproduction you mm. know because you want to give birth to a healthy offspring right see all this fap and masturbation everything that's not nature intended us to do nature intended us to have sex with our partners mm. right so that we can reproduce that is the primary purpose of us developing reproductive organs, organs yeah. right so the reproductive organs are at their peak when we are we are at our peak when we are healthy when we are aging mm. why would nature want us to give birth to unhealthy offsprings mm. Right, So as a result of which even our sexuality declines, you know, like our sexual activity goes down for mm, the mm. So if you can somehow keep yourself in prime condition, mm. that means that the nature feels you're healthy enough, your body feels you're healthy enough and it will continue to, um, you know, release healthy amount of sperm or it will have, you know, free testosterone in your body. Mm, mm. So as long, see, you have to give your body a reason
2: mm, mm.
1: to release adequate amount of Free testosterone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you don't give your body a reason to have enough amount of free testosterone, mm-hmm. that's basically what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, your your sexuality, your sexual activity goes for a toss. Not sexuality, your sexual <laughs> activity goes for a
0: toss. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of testosterone, um, we're talking about free testosterone and you're talking of total testosterone yeah. and all that. I see a lot of supplements, especially targeted at older people, saying that T levels boost karate. Uh, what they usually mean is, is that, are they talking of free T levels that will go up and does I, that actually benefit you in any way?
1: No, so most of the supplements, are, like I said, the supplements are gimmicks basically. Mm. And the, there's not enough number of studies, like even if you take example of Shilajit, so even if you're talking about Shilajit or let's say goat weed, all of these mm. different kinds of testosterone boosting supplements, the amount of studies that's there. Is extremely limited.
2: Hmm.
1: The number of samples are extremely limited.
2: Hmm.
1: Usually, what should be is that you know there should be thousands of studies conducted, hmm. and not case studies, and not not like just observational studies or or like you know studies with like really shit sample size. There should be studies which is conducted on mass scale, you know. And then we find out the results, and if we see if the if the results are consistent across all of these hundreds of studies, hmm. then you know one can one will not have any doubts? Mm. Today, if somebody says, "Hey, J.C. Shilajit is good, you know, it worked in one study, two study, three study. Why are you so opposed to, you know, all these testosterone booster supplements? I'm like, look, if you want me to take something seriously, present me enough amount of evidence. Mm. I just don't find enough evidence to consider it worth my time or want my, worth my client's time. Mm. See, today, if somebody tells me, hey, J.C., what do you think about me? I don't have to think. The I evidence have is there. hundreds of yeah. thousands of studies consistently proving over a period of time that whey protein is good for you. It improves your lean mass. It helps you in different kind of bodily functions. It's absolutely amazing. We have hundreds of thousands of studies on creatine. Hundreds of thousands of studies on caffeine. There's nobody who can come out and doubt the efficacy mm. of these studies or doubt the data. It simply is not possible. Today, if somebody comes out and says, hey, whey protein is bad for you people are going to laugh at him, the mm. whole scientific community is going to laugh at him, or her, yeah. you know, because there's so much of data that you can't just turn a blind eye to all of that data. Right. But today, if you know, somebody comes up and say, AJC, uh, you know, Shilajit and this and that, nobody's gonna take you seriously. Even in the scientific community today, the consensus is very much like mm. it's, it's like, we don't know what Mm. to make out of it because the studies don't point us in any direction, Mm. you know, the studies are inconsistent. Out of three studies, one showed result. Mm. The one study was like there was no significant difference and other study showed, yeah, it improved your circulating levels of um, your serum testosterone, but it did not improve your free testosterone levels. So I'm saying that the results are very inconsistent. Mm. And just because one study showed positive results, there are two other studies, which probably showed negligible results or no results. What am I supposed to look at? So I will always err on the side of caution, hmm. which means I'm better off this thing. Let me focus on other modalities, hmm. which is I'll focus on exercise. I'll focus on rest and training. I'll focus hmm. on my lifestyle, hmm. focus on my vitamin D. I'll focus on my sleep. I'll focus on my nutrition. I'll focus on my protein. Right? These things have been documented to improve testosterone levels hmm. over hundreds of years.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
1: Not just in scientific literature, I'm saying hundreds of thousands of years. This is, we know that this is how humans were primed through exercise, through right kind of nutrition. We know that they were taking
0: adequate amount of protein, warriors, right. hunters, this is what it is. So basically what we're doing is going back to basics, We are correcting something that maybe our modern lifestyles have disrupted. So we spoke about diet, nutrition, supplements or the, rather the lack of a need for supplements for older people. What other aspects of uh, life can contribute to aging that you need to take care of? Hydration is really
1: important. Mm. Hydration is really important. People need to drink Mm. at least 2.5 to 3 liters. This is again, minimum, Mm. the requirements go up. For example, somebody like me, I need to drink 4 to 5 liters every single day Mm. because I'm highly active and I work out a lot, Mm. right? Mm. If I don't drink 4 to 5 liters of water, like I don't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. So hydration is another thing. Then, like I said, sleep demand. Sleep is important. Um, protein, um, mm-hmm. strength training, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And you can track these, which is important, you know, because obviously, if you do these things, you definitely want to do what's the impact, right? There are parameters like HRV, there are parameters like resting heart rate, VO2 max, mm-hmm. which can actually tell you what your age is or what how good your organ is aging. Mm-hmm. If your resting heart rate is, let's say, in its 80s, that's really bad for you, by the way. You know, so people will say the normal person has a 60 to 80. Mm-hmm. I'd say 80 is like pff, on the worst side. 80 right. is like really bad. If your resting heart rate is 80 when you are 13 and 40, mm. you're like the worst. You know, you should try and reduce it as much as you can. Because think about it. If your heart is working optimally, it should pump more blood right. in, in, in a single stroke, right? If it's taking um, 80 beats to like, uh, you know, you pump your entire blood, mm. it's basically highly inefficient. Mm-hmm. right? So I'm saying the more stronger it becomes, the more efficient it becomes in pumping blood, which means that it can deliver nutrients and mm. oxygen to your cells in a much more efficient manner. Right? And how does your heart do that? When you train your heart. Mm. And how do you train your heart? You train in higher intensities. Mm. You know, so I Typically, recommend people to train in zone three, zone four, and above, which is very difficult. But that's also where your heart actually gets stronger, right. right? Or if you engage yourself in resistance training, some people also train in zone two or do like lots of aerobic activity, which I personally find boring um, because mm. I, I can't run for four hours. That's useless. Yeah. Where yeah. am I going? All right? Um, again, no offense to marathoners, but <laughs> I just feel it's very inefficient. is mm. all I'm mm. saying.
0: If you are Fan of the sport, if you love running marathons, please. Resistance training, you go for an hour, hour and a half to the gym, you're probably going to get the same workout for your heart. Well, you can actually
1: do much more in 15 minutes of HIIT than you do in two hours of running like steady state. Hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. Hmm. So you get the same benefit, even more in 15 minutes compared to two hours, obviously, which one is more efficient. This one is difficult, yes, but it's more efficient. Right. Yeah, and you can see the difference like week after week after week, mm. you can notice the changes in your resting heart rate, if it's high, bring it down, my resting heart rate stays around 45 to 46, 47. Wow. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty good. Mm. And that's like very, very, long. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get it down to 40 something, mm. right. Similarly, you know, mm. I'm training his VO2 max, he checked his uh, VO2 max last last week. I don't know what it was when he started, but now his is around 50.5, which is top 1% Mm. people at his age, like very, very good. And so there are parameters which you can track and your HRV, the higher your HRV is, which means that you are on a good, good, uh, like you have a steady healthy, Mm. lifestyle Mm. and if your HRV declines obviously it is supposed to decline with age but if your HRV is still increasing which means that you are making positive changes to your lifestyle. Mm. So HRV is basically balance in your SNS and PNS which is sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system Mm. and HRV is highest as as kids are because you see the kids they don't have a habit of um, like they are instinctive, they're quick, mm. the reactions are extremely fast, one minute they're laughing, one minute they're crying, mm-hmm. you know, and that's basically because the, the perceptiveness is extremely high, you know, and the senses are also dialed into, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. six, six, but when you age, the senses go down, your reaction goes down, your reaction time goes down. Right. And you tend to carry a lot of baggage, which means that if you are stressed by something, you'd probably think about it for an entire week, mm. right? So your fight or flight response, that system gets damaged, which is what causes all sorts of problems in the body, right? So HRV measures the balance between SNS and penis. Mm. And so higher the HRV, the more it signifies that, hey, you're healthy. And if it continues to trend in a green, mm. that means that you know, you're aging in, a, in, a, in an appropriate manner or probably in a de-accelerated manner instead of accelerated manner. Hmm. So these are two things, which I highly recommend people track.
0: Wonderful. Are there any regular tests that people should do to, you know, keep track of how, what their parameters are? Like I would, I would say maybe HbA1, uh, Hb1ac would be one of them, tracking your blood sugar. Yeah. Do you recommend doing that? Or, and if, if so, can you maybe give us a list of tests that people can do? to keep track of their health.
1: I, I highly recommend that once you have turned 30, mm. um, you should do blood tests at least twice in a year, at least twice in a year, which mm. means every six months. And uh, like if you have some That's sort of fasting and
0: PPE and...
1: Yeah, so, like no, so the kind of tests that I'm talking about is you should definitely check your liver profile. Mm. You should check your kidney profile. You should do your um, CBC, which is your complete blood panel. Um, then you should do your CRP, ESR. Then you should do your testosterone, free testosterone, you should check your calcium, you should check your other minerals mm. um, then you can also check your electrolytes and mm. um, besides this, yes, blood glucose, HbA1c, your blood pressure, then you should check your urine, mm. right, so
0: all of these tests, and they should be done twice a year,
1: twice a year, so that you know that all the parameters are in their biological range,
0: what about things like ECG and all the stress tests, and all?
1: yeah, that? so uh, all those things are also important, but once in a year is fine. Okay. So, if for example, if you are somebody who has a history of cardiac issues in your form, family, I highly recommend doing a troponin test or a ECG. Is nowadays also what built is that into, a troponin test? <laughs> not a trampoline <laughs> test. It's a high sensitivity troponin test. Okay. So it's a protein which starts releasing in your blood if there's any sort of damage in your okay. heart. Okay. So whenever an organ gets damaged, the protein from the organs or enzymes from the organs, they start releasing in the bloodstream ah, okay. and that's when you know that a particular organ is damaged and then the likelihood of damage to that particular organ goes up, mm. right? So we measure these proteins in the blood. So one of those protein is troponin. Mm-hmm. And if, if you detect any amount of troponin in the blood, that means your heart is damaged and mm. you have very high chances. Um, but again, not a medical professional, you should always check with your doctors before Mm. Um before taking any sort of medical advice. Mm. Uh, but blood test is something which I do recommend to everybody doing at least twice a year.
0: Noted. I'll do that right now. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> right after this interview. Uh, JC, finally, before we end the episode, even you know, I think a lot of people might have heard all that you had to say, and some of them are very hopeful, but some of them may not be feeling very good because they realize are, I haven't been doing anything. Is it too late for me? Could you give them a message? Maybe a message of hope or some motivation to get started with and start focusing on health?
1: Look, several years back, when I was detected with hepatitis B, Mm -hmm. and I've osteoarthritis arthritis since I was a kid. And then in 2015, when my back got like really bad, like, of course, I've had this issue from my childhood, but my back was like completely bad and I was in bed. I could mm. not even get up from the bed. It was so bad. Mm. And I went to the doctor, the doctor said, you have to do a surgery. And if you don't do it, you will be like this. And, uh, you know, even after the surgery, like, give you 10 years. And after that, if you don't take care of it, you might get paralyzed. Mm. Okay, because it was so bad. At that point of time, I realized I didn't have any choice. Mm. And because I did not have any choice, the only choice I had was to just keep living, keep trying every single day. So sometimes not having a choice can be a blessing, Mm. you know, in the face of evident death, sometimes we do things which are necessary, not the things we want to do, but the things which are absolutely necessary for our survival. So I would say there's no need for hope. There's no need for you wanting to do something. There's death. It's evident and we are all moving towards it. The fear of death is absolutely necessary sometimes for us to take the right kind of actions. And it's the fear of death that keeps our lives also very, very meaningful. Mm. So I'm saying don't, don't, don't think too up. much, don't give up. You don't have a choice. And that's a good thing.
2: Mm.
1: That's a good thing. You know, good thing for you to be scared is sometimes absolutely necessary for you to be able to do the right
0: things. And it's never too late to do the right It's thing. never
1: too late. If you don't do that, there's an evident death, 20 years from now, painful, not mm-hmm. good for you. That's, that's, the, that's the other reality. If you don't want that to happen, take action today. Simple as that.
0: And I hope after this episode, a lot of people will take action. What other choice do to have? Yeah, exactly. JC, thank you so much. As always, great talking to you. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the Fitter Podcast.